school girlfriend that she had this feeling that she was a woman inside and that she wanted to live, hopefully, at some point in her life, live her life as a woman, and which is such a heavy, heavy thing to have to come out and tell somebody, especially in high school, because I don't know if you've met high schoolers, not the best with expressing themselves and their emotions. Like, for example, when I was in high school, I didn't feel comfortable telling people that I didn't think the band Fallout Boy was that good. Which, uh, if you can't see me, uh, you know, I, I just have this swoopy hair, and it was even swoopier in high school. So, so, I know what it feels like to tell people that maybe your insides and outsides don't quite match. Um, but her high school girlfriend told her, oh, if you were to ever come out as a woman and live your life as a woman, that's great, but I would break up with you because I'm not attracted to women. And I just thought, my first thought when she told me that was, Tell me where she lives right now. I will fight her. I I don't know how great of an ally you think you are, but I don't. But you, have you ever threatened to find a stranger, knock on their door, and when they answer, shake them to the point and scream in their face? Don't you know that love conquers all? But my friend, she was so cool about it. She was like, "No, don't you understand that?" That is like that was her way of affirming my identity and respecting my my feelings about myself and the way that I identify. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. That is the nicest way anybody has ever said no homo. Uh, all right, that's, uh, I'm gonna wrap it up there. Uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening and uh, let's give it back to Casey McNeil. your hands going for Sean Rosa yeah I think I think I want to be yeah I want to be known now as Maurice Fierro for the rest of the day Sean okay I won't take out but Maurice Fierro sounds good that's I think Sean's right you shouldn't have to be like transgender to be able to do bold and unusual things in your life like like you just know who the who the coach is the the of the of the Patriots Bill Belichick yeah, I think it would be really cool to find out that he celebrates a win by going home and dressing in drag and playing with My Little Pony or something. I think that would <laughs> a real win for the rest of us. Uh, so let's uh, – I, I have to have the list now so that I can keep this list going. Okay, we do have a great list. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to see this name on the list. We have a great guest with us here right now. Please put your hands together for Lou Wyatt. Do you? Yo, yo. How is everybody? Me too, me too. Hashtag me too. Um, sorry, that just came out. Um, no, I've been doing some soul searching lately. And uh might be a little controversial to say, but I found out I was racist. I hate white people. <laughs> I fucking hate us. It's embarrassing. We claim white privilege doesn't exist. Explain tiny houses to me. You're never watching TLC and it's like Tyrone and Shaniqua are like, yeah, we really want to downsize from this apartment in the projects. 
you know, it's always like this white couple. It's like, you know, we just couldn't keep up with the six bedroom house. Um, we wanted to uh, live a little more minimal minimalistic. Like, so you want to pretend to be poor? <laughs> Is that, <laughs> that's what's going on? It's upsetting because my mom is in a tiny house, so <laughs> this is clo close to the heart for me. I hate my mom. She is also white. <laughs> yeah. There's like, you know, so much white pride these past few years, the Trump years, I'd say. Kind of freaky, you know, like uh, Florida's pretty prideful. But I feel like Texas kind of takes the cake, you know, like run by a bunch of old whites. So I guess the abortion thing makes sense, right? Because <laughs> like, if I was an old white guy running Texas, I don't want anybody to know I got my daughter pregnant. <laughs> so, <laughs> their excuse is they don't trust the doctors. But you know, abortion's a pretty touchy subject. Um, I do like when celebrities get involved in these conversations. You guys uh, know Uma Thurman? Quentin Tarantino heads out there. Sweet, sweet, me too. Um, yeah, she came out with a story uh, just to get in the conversation. She was a young actress, 15, traveling around Europe, you know. She fell in love with an older guy. She never said who. But um, she got knocked up, and uh, it pretty much would have ruined her career. We would have never seen the twist in Pulp Fiction, you know. Never seen Poison Ivy in live action. <laughs> She could have not done that one, but, um, but you know, she said she she had a difficult conversation with her parents, and they came to the decision that, you know, the point is she had a choice. She made the choice; it was her choice. But the weird thing about it, <laughs> she said she had already named the kid Bill. So, <laughs> she killed Bill, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's where they got the idea for the movie. <laughs> I'm just trying shit out here, okay? <laughs> but again, like I said before, I'm racist. Um, which sucks, because I did a 23andMe to try to like justify my racism, and I found out I was 53% Nazi. Bummer. <laughs> so, any Jewish people, I apologize. But I'm also 0.3% North African, so y you guys owe me an apology, kind of. <laughs> having fun. We're having fun. Mutiny Radio. Love it. Um, any relationships? You guys dating anyone? Cool. <laughs> Happy to hear it. Uh, sometimes I get into fights. With my girlfriend, you know, there's things that you can't help. Not everyone lines up politically, as we've learned by watching the news. Um, but yeah, I was in the bathroom one day. I forgot my phone, and when I don't have my phone, I just start to read some labels, you know, like toothpaste, soap. I usually do this so I can set stuff aside to test out on my dog if it hasn't been tested on animals, because I want to make sure it's good enough for me. Um, but no, I got to her tampons. Luckily, those were tested on animals, so <laughs> didn't have to put one in Frank. Um, but yeah, it said made in Israel on them. 
And for a guy who just found out he was 53% Nazi, this is a bummer. You know? Um, I was upset, and I came out, and I'm like, babe, are you taking a stance here? Picking sides? You're going to support Israel with your own blood? Um, baby, I don't think you should trust them with your vagina. They can't even contain their own mess. You know? There's like as many dead children in Israel as in Texas. That's another thing. Back to abortion. <laughs> the fun stuff. I don't understand. Like, at least if the doctors do it, don't they go to heaven still? Because I've heard some stories about babies like hanging themselves and. <laughs> Get it? It's an umbilical joke. Maybe I should have cut the cord on that one. <laughs> oh, God. Hopefully I do better later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, and, like, everyone's upset, like, Confederate monuments, take them down. I'm like, yeah, we could take them down, but why don't we just build, like, a little theme park, call it, like, Ku Klux Disney Clan or something, I don't know, you know? And all the racist whites can go to, like, Minnesota and check out their statues, but if they hand in, like, their clan hood, they get free entry, so they can never hide behind a mask again. You know, keep everyone happy. I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. No, sorry. I was just thinking about how much I hate you, white people, right now. <laughs> sorry. I just remembered. I just remembered why I hate you guys. You have no sense of humor. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's what it's all about. Um. Anyone have a racist grandma? Perfect. <laughs> uh, my grandma's so crazy. Uh, the first time I introduced my girlfriend to her, she knew we were moving to San Francisco. She loves Fox News, let's just preface it with that. She goes, hey, if you guys run into Nancy Pelosi on the street, could you shoot her? <laughs> this is my grandma, hey. <laughs> This is what you're getting into. But, I mean, I guess she does have dementia, so she gets to play that card. <laughs> ah, I didn't mean to say the N-word at brunch. I'm like, shut up, Grandma. <laughs> Crazy bitch. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania. If that seems cool and fun and interesting, probably not. But, uh... You know, another reason I did that 23andMe was just to make sure that I was fucking my cousin. Kind of what we do there. I have a, uh, my sex sheet. I put a little hole in it. No, f no kissing. No face stuff. You know. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Back to the tampons, though. Uh... We, we, we did come to uh, what I like to call our peace agreement, kind of. It's like, I'm like, all right, baby, you can use these Israeli tampons, but we're only using butt plugs that are Palestinian in this household, okay? You want to put a little Israel in you, I'm going to put a little Palestine in me, okay? Like, <laughs> that's how this shit goes. Give and you get, even trade. 
But anyway, I think I'm going to get the hell out of uh, here. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for being fun. And uh, we'll see you around this week for the Comedy Fest. I plan to sweeten this tape later <laughs> for my joke. I lose talking about that DNA we established. I am afraid to do that. I already know how my results would turn out. I'm 50, I'd be 50% Irish and 50% hillbilly. It just means I grew up too lazy to beat my children. Some of you are like, no, wait, which side is the... But no, yeah, it's like my kid has, you know, I have the ADHD, and my child also has that. He's 11. You know what they give the kids for the ADHD? Speed, meth, methamphetamines. I'm like, that's great. Just throw in a drum set and a pitcher of Kool-Aid. I'll shoot myself on Friday. Um, but now I'm the laziest parent ever because when, you know, he gets out of line, I'm like, I'm like, listen, hey, you, come on, get over here. here. Take my phone. Go play that game you like. Now, you give me any more lip, you'll, I'll give you the tablet. You'll be out of my hair for hours. Uh, so, you guys ready to keep this going? Yes, we are. Woo! So, now we've got a great comic all the way up from Los Angeles, I would say, right? She's from Los Angeles. And she's very, very funny. I've enjoyed her sets all week. Please keep your hands going for Christy Barnard. brought my own mic. I also brought my own lunch because I didn't know what you all were serving here. <laughs> JK. Uh, did anyone uh, up their drinking in the quarantine? I definitely did. I was drinking a lot. Did anyone reach that stage where you would just break a dish so you wouldn't have to wash it? I did. It's because... Um, Drunk uh, dishwashing is is very clumsy. Soap is very crazy. Uh, so I was <laughs> walking down the street a couple days ago and met a very cute dog, and I asked the owner what, th what its name was, and she said, Carl with a K, like I was about to write him a check. Um, and I think she just wanted me to know that it was like Carl as in Marx, not as in Winslow. Um, so that's fine. Uh, so I am an attorney. I think you guys, uh, have known this, uh, after hearing a few sets of mine. Um, and one of the interesting things that we had to do was, uh, conduct investigations, workplace investigations. Like if there was a report of discrimination, we would go in there, conduct an independent investigation. One time I was interviewing a C-suite gentleman um, in this company, and I asked him if there were any instances of racism or sexism he had witnessed. And he said that one time after a board meeting, uh, he and a bunch of the gentlemen went to dinner, and somebody brought their friend who was black at the time. <laughs> I was like, hold on, black at the time. Is he still black? And also, are you that uncomfortable saying black that you have to hedge it with being like, as far as I know for now, I haven't double-checked. 
and then he went on to say, and somebody at the dinner table said something like, DC is too black, but I knew what he meant. I said, and what was that? And he said, he meant politically. And I thought, that's not better. Still, <laughs> still bad. So sometimes you just have to keep a straight face uh, when you're interviewing people. And that's the, the hardest thing to do is interview people without judgment on your face. Because I've been told I have very expressive eyebrows. And that's why I can no longer practice law. Um, yeah. So I am trying to think if I want to like do some new things or is this just kind of like a free for all? All right. So in the, in the law, law theme, I think it is insane that we still have juries. I know that like part of the constitution, the whole point of constitutional right, you have a jury of your peers, right? And that is presumably so that there is a modicum of reasonableness or at least some sort of uh, universal moral standards about how a reasonable person would act in a certain situation, whatever, whatever. But like, I think we're at the point in history now where like, I, I wouldn't even put away, I wouldn't turn off my phone and listen patiently to anybody let alone uh, uh, two strange attorneys <laughs> in a jury. And it's just wild that at any moment's notice, the government can be like, hey, what's up? Are you busy? Cancel your plans for three weeks. Turn off your phone and come over and listen to a series of facts and witnesses. And you're going to have to decipher the credibility of both of them. And then you're going to have to make a decision about who will live or die. You busy? Doesn't matter. It's a crime not to come. Um, so, yep. So that was basically, if, if I, if somebody had said this bit in front of me, I would have been like, so your point is juries are weird. Got it. Um, I just think that we're no longer, pe peers is a really, uh, really generous word. Because if you've ever uh, been in a jury in, in, LA County I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm not even I'm I just I just don't know what what peer group what what that means I think peer, I'm gonna need to I'm gonna need a dictionary um I once had to go to a foreign uh, and by foreign I mean unfamiliar courtroom uh in Benicia I think or no Martinez Martinez which is like an hour north of here north and uh, east. And I was looking it up on Google and there was a Yelp review, there were Yelp reviews for this courtroom. And I know that there are Yelp reviews for everything, but it's just bizarre. Like somebody gave one star because they were denied their constitutional rights, but then added flaming hot Cheetos in the vending machine were exquisite, however, fair trade. Um, no, that's not true. I just don't think that you should, I think there are some things that you shouldn't be able to, um, leave Yelp reviews for. All right. Do a couple of ones that you've probably heard already. <laughs> What's your name? I haven't met you before. Or me, did we meet? Yes, we have. Yeah, we have. Yes. Wait, don't tell me your name. Okay, good. 
I'll think of it. Um, I remember because you you told me you had a tag for me one day, and then you never you never followed up with it. All right. You couldn't remember what it was. All right, well, let's let's jog your memory, shall you? Shall you? You went up already, didn't you? It was about Brett Kavanaugh. All right. So let's go there. So, as you know, there's a lot of condescension if you're a female in any industry. Law, comedy, doesn't matter. Pick your poison. Um, case in point, I once got a little notebook at a female workshop for, or, or workshop for female attorneys. And the notebook said she believed she could, so she did. It's just great, but also insulting because I, uh, no male would ever get a, note, a little notebook, like small for your little thoughts. That said he believed he could. And that's because it, if they made that notebook for men, it would just say, he did it. <laughs> he did it and he got away with it. He didn't even get jail time. He's on the Supreme Court now. That one. And that joke is about everyone on the Supreme Court currently. <laughs> yeah. I do like having an analytical mind, but sometimes you do have to turn off the faucet. Sometimes you bring, you know, you bring a gun to the knife fight, so to speak. I was once at a restaurant and asked, hey, which is more popular? The chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, oh wait, now I fucked up the joke, I'll start over. Which is better, the chicken sandwich or the turkey sandwich? And she said, well, the chicken's more popular. And I said, not my question! And was politely escorted out. One star. I don't know. I do like to be in LA, even, I, I mean, I, I haven't been there for that long, I moved back, but it, it's, it's really fun, you get to know a lot about everyone you meet. Um, it's the only place I've ever been where your waiters will tell you their dietary restrictions, and that's really fun. I once asked the waitress, how's the burger here? And she said, oh, you know, I'm actually abstaining from meat and I'm on a cleanse right now. I said, oh, are you abstaining from doing your job as well? Because this is not helpful. I didn't say that. I said, not my question, and then was politely escorted out again. Can you believe this was on the same day? So upsetting. Then I went to a third restaurant, third time's the charm. So I says to the guy, I says, do you eat meat? He says, ma'am, this is a pet store. So stupid. Said, but answer the question. Um, you, yeah, you gotta listen to the answers they're not answering. Um, so, this is me humming into the microphone so everyone at home listening on the radio knows I didn't die, didn't drop dead. Um, So, I was raised Christian like many people in this room. And I still identify as a Christian, but I know how off-putting it is to be a Christian because when I meet another Christian, especially if they put on a dating profile, I'm like, ew, what kind? On the count of three, let's just say what Jesus' race was. 
One, two, three. Oh, no, sorry, not my kind, not my kind of Christian. No, 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 no. I disagree. Oh, no, did I just delete that? I think I just accidentally deleted. It's fine. We'll, we'll get it back later. Okay. So, <laughs> I wonder how, is there any way to tell if there's anyone actually listening? Pam, is there any way to tell if anyone's actually tuning in? That's not how the radio works, Christy. It's like radio waves. Okay. All right. Well, I was at a bar the other day with a friend. We were just hanging out. She's on the rebound right now because she broke up with somebody. I didn't realize how on the rebound she was because we were we met these guys and we were kind of flirting with them. And then she just started getting really aggressive and was like, yeah, well, I fuck on the first date, so... And I was like, Jesus, I thought I was flirting when I asked the other guy, like, so do you watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> Clearly I was not. I think that there is a formula. The more disclosure you have, the more effective your flirtation is. But only up to a certain point. So, like, up here, a little bit of information, like, I'm a Libra. All right, a little bit of information, a little effective. Up here, a lot of information, like something like, I like to be blindfolded during sex. That's a lot of information. That's a very effective flirt. But then uh, there's a, such a thing as too much disclosure, like uh, I have depression, anxiety, and HPV. It goes all the way back down. So it's like a bell curve, you know? So you just want that sweet spot um, of, of disclosure and fl flirtation. I'll write down the mathematical formula later for you if you're interested. Um, but I do, I do have a hard time on dating apps because I flirt like I'm the sole woman in a 1940s newsroom. I'm like, hi, you fellas. That pickup line's so stale. You take it to the park and feed the ducks, you see. And I once started a Bumble message with the word "prate tell." He didn't respond, and that's okay. I respect him more because of it. Um, <laughs> so, I'm wondering if anyone has put fitness as an interest in dating apps. Have you done that? Yeah. I can't stand that because when I see that, it's like, oh, it's not swimming, not biking, just fitness. Presumably, it's my fitness they're interested in. Like, it's basically like, you're putting fitness, you're not into fitness, you're into hot people. Just say that. It's like when guys write, looking for a cool girl with no drama. That means, please don't share any of your feelings with me. And that's fine. It is really nice to not be at a law firm anymore. Um, I went from just spending day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, just absolutely hating my job and hating life. And now I get to spend day after day after day chained to a computer for 10 hours, hating myself. Way, way much, more of an upgrade, I would say. Um, I'm going to... have one more crack at this. I think my dad became a doctor just so that nobody would tell him what to do. 
like he always sits outside in the sun for hours and hours and hours and he just is like it's so dark and he has all these like little like moles and I'm really worried about and I'm like dad really got to put sunscreen on and he's like it will be fine I'm fine and then I'm like dad I, I think that's that one looks really bad that mole you should really check that out and he's like which one of us is the doctor here and I have to shut the fuck up because he really he he, he wins that one um all right I've heard one more thing I've heard that a lot of people are like into incest porn call me old-fashioned but I'm just not into that whole concept of incest porn Call me really old-fashioned, and I'm back into this idea of incest porn. <laughs> all right, that's going to be all for me. Thanks for listening. Give it up for Casey McNeil. My mic is on, Christy Bonner. Doing all original material, albeit one joke, I think. I saw all that shit is new, and I loved it. Give her another hand, because I heard her working on that, and that's why I know how good it was. Everyone in the room was dying. They were. And I, no, no, I mean, everybody was dying laughing. It was great stuff, the whole room. And it's good. No, I loved it. I it's okay, we're workshopping. We're, we're, you did crush it. There's three people in the room, and we were all laughing. How much fucking better can you do than that? Three people all laughing. Now, that's good. When you got a room of three, and they're all, you're doing better than I did, so don't sell yourself short, because I didn't get the laughs from these fuckers. All right, so knock it off. All right. So, yeah, and I'm still workshopping, because I can. We have another comment to come up, but I'm going to do this bit, because... I, I want it because I, it's, it's not even written. Um, <laughs> Sean made me think of this. He was talking about Boston people and their their personality. Uh, they have a very interesting person. They have a very interesting way of showing love. When I first moved to Boston, I remember it was the middle of wintertime, and I walked out in front of this hotel, and I slipped out of my feet, and this bam, right, fell right on my ass. These two guys came up to me and said, Hey, hey, y'all right, kid? Cause y'all said, hey, y'all right, kid? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. They're like, great. Could you do that again? But what I've come, I just recently found this out. I don't even know how true this is, but for the purposes of the joke, it is true. Um, I have heard that, you know, English people did not have the English accents that they have now in the time of the Revolutionary War. And then in point of fact, Bostonians spoke largely the way they do now back then and that that's supposedly the oldest accent and most original you know accent and the accent everybody used in those times and I just think to myself how much less romantic history is when I think about Bostonians back in you know the revolutionary times like like Paul Revere's ride day you know it's like those rat bastards are coming no they're coming we got to make the ride and do the church and all that shit no, you <laughs> Yeah, we're going to meet at Moz for coffee after. No, Sully, it's fucking... No, Sully, it's fucking one if by land, two if by sea. Yeah, meet at Moz, meet at Moz for coffee cake after. <laughs> no, no, don't bring Sheila. Tammy can't stand her. <laughs> so that is in its infantile stage, so thanks a lot for a giggle. I'll take a giggle on that. And now I have a comic that is that I have to tear away from... 
deep conversations in order to be brought up on the stage. She is the founder of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. We love her. She has been an absolute gem for years in this thing. I can't believe all the work that she does, and she's still funny. Please put your hands together for Pam Benjamin. I'll just use this as an impassioned plea to say, please, if you're listening, come to the Scott Capro headlining show tomorrow. Please. Uh, I lied to him and told him that there might be 80 people to- total, and they were like, ooh, that's not good. You need to have a consolidate to one show. And I was like, I was so inflating my numbers. When 12 people, when 12 people walk in, that's going to be mass humiliation. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Well, I uh, I was going to do jokes, but I'll just I'll just run one because I Um, you were talking about football or Bill Belichick or whatever. I'm kind of mad at that that guy that Who's that perfect guy? Tom Brady. Well, like he uh I feel like they're misusing his talents. It makes me kind of angry, you know, because they keep having him running around on the football field throwing the ball, and really, they should just lock him in a closet, and he should be jizzing in cups. So he can impregnate as many women as possible, because there's, there's the next president in that nutsack. I'm sure of it. Get him off the football field and into everyone's hearts. I mean, vaginas. I learned a lot about, you know, being a woman from reading the Bible, and it did everything I know is from the, the book of Esther. Really, an incredible book of the Bible. Esther, she saves the entire Jewish people. How does she do that? Is she clever, good at puzzles, incredible orator. Nay. <laughs> she had a hot rack. It didn't look Jewy. Her name was Sadasa. They changed it. That was it. She just didn't look Jewy. Okay, well, impassioned plea because tomorrow, like, even tonight, you know, usually my uh, Santo shows on a Wednesday always have, like, 20 people, and there's nine people coming to two shows. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Is it because, but then it's like, if you don't charge money, people don't have see value in it. You have to charge them something so they see value. But then if they don't want it, they're like, I ain't going to pay. So it's like, do I just take the ticket? I don't know what to do. Anyways, enjoy the rest of the festival. Stage time in front of no one. Yay. We know that we're rallying the Mutiny Radio Army to come out to, to El, the El Rio Theater tomorrow. Two shows with Tony Sparks. One one show. It's oh, at eight o'clock. Show. It's at eight o'clock. I had to consolidate. There's only eight, one show now. One show at eight o'clock with Scotty Capuro and Tony Sparks. As well as all a great selection of Mutiny Radio Comedy Fest folks. So come on out. Get your tickets while you can. We've been here at the twenty twenty one Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the sixth annual Doing a little working out this afternoon for you, just for you. 
we have jokes for each and every one of you. We don't know when they'll hit you. <laughs> so you have to stay tuned in. All right, we're going to be back very soon. Around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
had that Camarillo Brillo Flaming out along ahead I mean her Mendocino Bino By where some bugs that made it red She ruled the toads of these short forests And every newt in Idaho And every cricket who had chorus By the bush and buffalo She said she was a magic mama And she could throw a mean tarot And carried on without a comma That she was someone I should know She had a snake for a pet And an amulet And she was breeding a dwarf But she wasn't done yet She had gray-green skin A doll with a pin I told her she was all right But I couldn't come in I couldn't come in right then And so she wandered through the doorway Just like a shadow from the tomb She said her stereo was four-way And I just love it in a room Well, I was born to have adventure So I just followed up the step Right past a fuming incense stencher To where she hung her castanets She stripped away her rancid poncho And laid out naked by the door We did it till we were on concho And it was useless anymore She had a snake for a pet And an amulet And she was breathing a dwarf But she wasn't done yet She had gray-green skin A doll with a pin I told her she was all right But I couldn't come in Actually, I was very busy then And so she wandered through the doorway Just like a shadow from the tomb She said a stereo was four-way And I just love it in a room Well, I was born to have adventure I just followed up the steps Right past the fuming incense stencher To where she hung her castanets She said she was a magic mama And she could throw a mean tarot And carried on without a comma That she was someone I should know I mean, is that a Mexican poncho or is that a Sears poncho? Hmm, no fooling.
Taking me 
Sometimes I feel so happy Sometimes I feel so sad Sometimes I feel so happy But mostly you just make me mad Baby, you just make me mad Linger on Can't 
stand up Down for you is up Peter, Peter, 
光走灭走灭，陪他，陪他，我是我最好的。陪他，陪他，我是最好的。später。
Hey, hey, that's uh, um, Flock of Seagulls, that was. This is Bughouse Square. It's Mini Radio. It's, um, it feels good to be back in the, uh, the station um, on the corner of 21st in Florida in the beautiful Mission, where it's always flat and sometimes sunny. It's uh, dark and raining right now. They say it could be the last rain ever. So we're really, uh, everyone's got buckets out and stuff and uh, collecting the rainwater um, so that we have um, stuff to drink uh, later on. But it's nice. Uh, it's it's always nice to have uh, a rainstorm. Uh, yeah, except I came here on a motorbike, so it's going to be it's going to be one one. But I did. I brought a garbage bag for the records. <laughs> They'll be safe. Hey, I hope uh, all is well by you. Um, yeah, week three into the uh, into the Lent, um, and uh, week two into the uh, Whole Thirty uh, fast, whatever the heck I'm doing. Um, oh, it's not a fast shit. I'm eating plenty. Uh, lots of nuts and seeds. Dried fruit, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's good though. I feel. Uh, uh, oh, and then the uh, of course, uh, of course, there's the celery juice uh, in the morning, and uh, yeah, that's good. So yeah, I feel good. Hey, uh, I got my uh, got my first stab today. That's right. Um, I don't know. I feel okay. I don't even really. I mean, a little local pinch in there. So yeah, um, uh, I took my uh, van in. It's like always something's always going on with that darn van. And and then I'm walking, and there's a big line, and uh, it's line to get vaccinated. Damn it, the heart of the mission. And uh, so I'm in line, and I'm like, ah, you know what? So I talked to, and she's like, well, um, are you, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, well, and I work with, I work around a lot of old people and, uh, and it sucks because I, I've, I mask up and I do everything, but I still worry because there's a lot, there's people in their nineties and it's just, that's not, um, it's not cool. Um, and then, so she's like, I don't know if that's going to work, but then she gave me, it gave me this like a piece of paper for, uh, today. So I went and uh, it was, I got to say, it was so well organized and the vibes were so positive and people were just so nice and it flowed smoothly and uh, it was just good. And I'm uh, happy to get one and uh, I'll let you know, you know, if the grow a tail or something, you'll be the first to find out about that. Well, you may not be first. Um, yeah, so it's been, uh, it's been pretty good week, pretty good week. Um, just doing, you know, it's nice. It's nice just to have a week, um, where just things are kind of getting fixed, you know, instead of just fucking getting smashed. So yeah, um, let me grab these records. Yeah, that was good. That was a good set. What, um, Flock of Seagulls, DNA, that song was. That's off their, uh, I guess that's their, I don't know if they got more than one record, but that's the big one, the first one. Man, there was like, where do you go from there? Flock of Seagulls. <laughs> it's not like that look. Oh, my God. Um, 
But yeah, that was a good instrumental song. I believe it got Grammy best instrumental that year that it came out. Isn't that interesting fact? It's I mean, it's not even a fact. It's some conjecture. Um, let's see. So we had uh, Cotillion in there doing Fang. Uh, we had Radiohead doing from uh, 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 something limbs um, uh, Lotus Flower, I believe. Or eh, shoot, there. I think it was Lotus Flower. Um, uh, the Doors, Off Soft Parade, Tell All the People, Marlena Dietrich, uh, doing Peter from her, one of her, I don't know, I collect her records for some reason, Weidershen, Weidershen mit Marlena. So the great, uh, Dietrich sings in German with the orchestra of Bert Bacharach. Uh, Velvet Underground, we did before that, Pale Blue Eyes, Romeo Void, um, Never Say Never, uh, Tom Tom Club, we did Genius of Love, The Feelies, from the Only Life record, we did Away, uh, Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town, we did uh, Adam Raised a Cane, Gang of Four, Not Great Men, from the Entertainment record, Frank Zappa from the Overnight Sensation. We did Camarillo Brillo. Rolling Stones from the Let It Bleed. We did Gimme Shelter. And we opened up with the Dream Syndicate from the, um, God, what is that record? Uh, Medicine Show, of course, uh, doing John Coltrane Blues. A segment we do at on um, Bug Out Square here. It's a... Uh, it's called Rise from the Basement because it's no lie in the basement we're miles apart. No surprise, gonna gonna rise from the basement. And what it is, it's home record us. Any style, any genre. Just has to be recorded where you um, where you sleep. So uh, people send us music and various forms. Hopefully things work. Some work better than others. Some this is uh oh man. Okay, I, it, it looks like a kind of a French spelling, but uh, it's Steve Taglier. Could be Taglier. Taglier. Uh, if you dig this, T A G L I E R E. Uh, what do I got? Former Ginger Soul, current Bell Canyon, and Steve and Mel singer songwriter, Los Angeles, Houston, Brooklyn, now K. Dot, 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 dot. I don't know what that is. Looks like this is coming from Houston. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to touch this. It's just like a, it's like a photograph of him on guitar. So I'm, I'm assuming, let's see. I'm going to make sure these buttons are all flicked as they should be. Um, I'm touching that. Um, all right. It happened. Music. Oh, man. He's got a ton of stuff. All right. Uh, Steve, we got anything else? Uh, now, Katie, Texas. Um, Let's just go um, Outsider. I don't know if this is a song or if this is a record. Steve Taglier, Outsider. I'm touching that. Um, Outsider, that's the song. So dig this. If you, if, you, if you do like it, look for him on Bandcamp. Steve Taglier. Leary. Taglieri. Oh, man, I'm so sorry, Steve. <laughs> yeah, let me know about that one. Uh, all right, I'm touching this. It has accepted my request. The dots are circulating. Pause button comes back. Come on, I got that. Got it to line. Um, two. Oh, man. 
Yeah, it's uh, Thomas Dolby, Leipzig, and we're going back to the basement. This is June, the June Friday Project. If you dig this, look for them on SoundCloud, the June Friday. This is called Minus One. All right, I got to turn that up. I'm touching this, and it's pause button come. Now the dots are going in a linear fashion. Good sign, you know, means it's thinking about me. Here we go. Sometimes we see when we try not to ever go. Happen in the snow, then a fish in a longer now. 
Just one thing 